everybody, and welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on The Basement Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Logan Blackman, host of the world-famous Logan Blackman Show, the best show you've never listened to. I know today's Wednesday, and I know yesterday, which was Tuesday, we said we were going to have a video today. So if you're looking for the video and go like, ah, Logan, there's no video for today's show. Well, I cannot be bothered to make a video today my head hurts i almost didn't record this show it's 5 14 right now this is a lot later than what i wanted to start recording this when i wanted to start recording this was a lot sooner in the day but things happen to where that just isn't possible so we're gonna try and see if i can get through an entire show if not then the show won't go out but if it does that means logan made it through the show and didn't have a breakdown it didn't I don't know. My head hurts. I'm tired. I don't really want to record a show today, but you know what? We have to produce something. So here we are on this July 15th edition of the Logan Blackman Show. And if you know Wednesdays, if you listen to Logan Blackman Show for long enough, on Wednesdays we play a little game called Stay Woke Wednesday, where I go on social media, mostly Instagram, because there's a lot of good things you can find on Instagram of differing opinions around sports, things that might seem a little controversial. Maybe not to certain people, but to myself. So that's why we created this thing called Stay Woke Wednesday, where I look at things on the internet and basically just critique them and go, well, that's stupid. Why did you post this? And you get a lot of these pages that go like, oh, it's not my list. And then why did you post it? If it's not your list, why did you post it? That makes zero sense. What do you think of this list? Well, th- don't post it. <laughs> you can read like Twitter. I'll retweet stuff all the time. Speaking of that, go follow the Logan Blackman show on Twitter at the underscore LB underscore show. I'll retweet lists. Not a lot, but I'll retweet things a lot. So I'm not just taking a screenshot, just posting it somewhere. You get that on Instagram all the time. People are going to bash this list. Well, it's not my list. Well, then why the hell did you post the list in the first place? If you knew it was, maybe it's because it's going to draw attention to my page. So that's probably why you post it. Post it. Like, post it. like any of my accounts. Now I'm, I'm going through the lists in my head that I've posted. And I think they're all my list. If I, if it's not, that's not going to be very great for me. But to my knowledge, if, dating back to my sophomore year of college, every list I have ever posted on the Logan Blackman show is my list i don't take screenshots of other people's lists to post them unless i'm making fun of them that's the only time i will ever post someone else's things on social media like i had a guy uh last year when i post my nba uh nba uh, playoff bracket last year when the raptors won the nba finals i had the raptors versus the warriors in the nba finals that was my prediction this random guy and i there's another thing I don't know how these people find these random accounts that have 87 followers or something like that. Like my show. I was trying to think of the exact number my show has, but I can't really. I think it's 87. But how people find these and just... I have 87 followers. You're not really... I don't get a lot of this. All the, I don't get this a lot. But sometimes I'll get a random person saying, oh, I, this is stupid. Why did you post this? First off, you're looking to start something. And second... I can scroll through your Twitter account within five seconds and find a really stupid bracket that you made the season prior. And then you go, oh, well, I was just joking on that one. Sure. I believe you, my guy. I believe you. 
And eventually, you know what happened? My bracket was right. <laughs> For the most part. There were certain things that were wrong in the bracket, obviously, because not every bracket's perfect. But for the most part, my bracket last year for the NBA turn, NBA playoffs was damn near spot on. And I'm proud of that bracket. So when I saw that and saw the Raptors versus the Warriors in the finals, now, I did have the Warriors winning. I will say that right now. I did have the Warriors winning. So there's something I got wrong that I can remember. But he basically came at me from certain angles. And i like, oh, this won't definitely happen. This is why... I will not say, I will not deal in absolutes, because one, I'm not a Sith. Because <laughs> remember, only a Sith deals in absolutes, which is an absolute in itself. But we're not getting into that little rabbit hole for Star Wars today. But you'll never hear me go, this person's a bust, or this person is doing that. I This won't happen. And if I have, I'm just not remembering it right now. But I try my best. Never to say this won't happen or this dude's a bust. I've never called a person that just got drafted a bust. I've never said that. There are people that are still banking on that Josh Allen's going to be a bust because that was their predictions at the draft and they can't get off their high horse and say, yeah, he's way better than Sam Darnold (laughs) at this point in time. He's way better than Sam Darnold. But people won't do that because there were expectations of, oh, Sam Darnold's the next Andrew Luck or John Elway. They can't miss quarterback prospect. And now he's arguably the fourth best quarterback in the that was taken in the first round. There were five taken. So people can't get past that. Never, ever call a quarterback or any player a bust before it happens. Because if you get it right, good on you. You're right. But if you were wrong, like the people that said, I don't get the Patrick Mahomes to the Chiefs thing. Oh, this, this is a terrible move. Patrick Mahomes can't play. That is the type of situation where you're like, oh man, this guy just signed the biggest contract in sports. And now every single opinion you have ever had in sports ever is now null and void because of the fact that you were so confident that the best quarterback in the NFL today would be a bust. And that was a terrible fit in Kansas city. You're now done talking about sports. So never ever say this quarterback can't play. I think the only, the closest I've ever said or came to that was last year in the NFL draft because I knew the Giants weren't going to take Dwayne Haskins. I said that throughout the show last year in the NFL draft. Throughout the show, we said the Giants are not going to take Dwayne Haskins. They are going to take Daniel Jones. You can look at my mock draft, my last mock draft. I think it was like after the third one, second or third one I did, I stopped putting Dwayne Haskins to the Giants because I said they're not doing that. They're going to take Daniel Jones. Now, in my honest opinion, I thought they'd take him in the second round. I had him going with, or trying to trade back into the first round, which they eventually did, but they took Daniel Jones at six, not with pick, whatever they draft Dexter Lawrence at, 30, 31, no, DeAndre Baker, whatever. I I had him going 17th a couple times, but I knew the Giants were not going to draft Dwayne Haskins, but I also did not think that the Giants would draft Dwayne, or Daniel Jones above Dwayne Haskins. That was the part that surprised me. Not the fact that the Giants didn't take Dwayne Haskins, the fact that the Giants took Daniel Jones before Dwayne Haskins. I think that was the most critical I've ever been of a pick ever, but I never used the term bust. I never said Daniel Jones cannot play. I said he's an exact clone, a more mobile version of Eli Manning. He comes from Cutcliffe, Duke's head coach. Coach Eli, Coach Payton. Eli, Giants legend, greatest quarterback in New York Giants history. They're going to side with that. And Daniel Jones, I've been critical of Daniel Jones, 
throughout his time in the NFL because the dude cannot hold on to the football. 18 fumbles is not something to write home about with your franchise quarterback, at least yet. But I will not say Daniel Jones is a bust. Never say never in the world of sports because it can always turn around and bite you right in the ass. <laughs> always can. It's the beauty and the the beast of sports, I guess. I couldn't think of a better acronym than that. Or not acronym, better saying than that. Man, we're trying here. We're struggling today. My head hurts. I'm trying, I'm trying to get a show up because I don't I literally just announced on Monday that every single day we will post a show. An hour long. I could not go two days later and then announce, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not doing a show on Wednesday. <laughs> I can't do that. So I kind of forced my hand here. So this is going to be up a lot later than what I was expecting. Yesterday was the latest show we ever recorded until today. Record that lasted a day. It was like um, when Melvin Gordon broke LaDainian Tomlinson's rushing record in college against Nebraska. The next week, Samaj P. Ryan broke it against Kansas. It's like that record stood from 20 years or not, not 20 the 15 years. That record stood for 15 years. And then the next week it gets broken again, <laughs> but this time by a lot more. I think Melvin beat the record by three yards and then Samaj P Ryan beat it by, I think 22 yards or 20 yards. So I think he had 427 yards. That could be wrong. That could be wrong. I was at an Iowa game because Iowa played Wisconsin that week. The next week after he destroyed uh, Nebraska, which was beautiful to watch. I hate Wisconsin, but I hate Nebraska more. So to see Melvin Gordon just running rampant on Nebraska was just awesome to see. Then he eventually gets drafted by the Chargers, LT's former team, which is just what makes it even cooler. But then they went on to play Iowa. Iowa, realistically, should have won that game. I told my dad going into the game, we can hold Melvin Gordon under 200 yards. Iowa will win the game. Because if you put the ball in Joel Stavi's hands, Wisconsin won't win. What happened? Melvin Gordon ran for exactly 200 yards. And Iowa lost. One of the loudest atmospheres I've been in with at Kinnick. Now, I don't have season tickets, so I haven't been to every game. But I go to at least once a year. Try to. Go to one on my birthday with my dad. I've been doing that for... We've been doing that for years. I think my first game was in 04. Once a year. Except for the year... uh. Jake Christensen and the Hawkeyes lost to Western Michigan. That was the only year I haven't gone to an Iowa. One of them. There might have been other ones too, but... But yeah. I don't even remember. What were we even talking about to start the show? I don't even really remember. I know we went into a, <laughs> a guy talking about my... Bra- oh, my lists! Lists. Yes, for Stay Woke Wednesday. Yes, I remember what we were doing today. <laughs> oh, man. This is a train wreck already. Uh, well... Let's just get right into it. Not with Stay Woke Wednesday. We'll start off the show with some topics that are going around the world of sports right now. So if you are on social media or just a soccer fan in general, I guess you don't have to be on social media to see this. But, well, you could watch TV, but whatever. Uh, Official FIFA has confirmed the 2022 World Cup in Qatar will start November 21st with the final taking place December 18th. Winter World Cup. And a lot of you, or not a lot of you, some of you listening to this might go, well, why would they do it in the summer? Or others, you go like, what's a World Cup? There are certain people out there that just don't know what this stuff is. For those of you who don't know what a World Cup is, we'll start with the latter here, that the World Cup is the greatest tournament in the world. I would put it up there with the NHL playoffs as the greatest post, or not postseason, but greatest tournament style format 
in the world. I love the NHL playoffs. I love the World Cup. Love it. The World Cup is a collection of teams from all across the globe, spanning from different regions in the world. You got the likes of CONCACAF in North America. You got Camable in South America. UEFA over in Europe. And then you got the Asian ones, the African ones. The CAF, I think, is the one for the African League or African nation stuff. There's different regions. Greenland and Antarctica have never made a World Cup, sadly for them. But this one is special because it is in the winter. Fall, winter, whatever you want to call it. Because Qatar is too friggin' hot. Players would die playing in the World Cup if they ran it the stereotypical summer format. They could not do that. So we will be having a winter World Cup. Which is new, which is interesting. Qatar, this whole World Cup in Qatar is ridiculous. People are dying making these stadiums. Qatar does not have the stadiums ready for this World Cup. But that shows how corrupt FIFA is. They pumped in enough money to get Qatar the World Cup. Qatar does not deserve a World Cup. Because one, we already talked about it. They don't have stadiums for it. And two, it's Qatar. Qatar is, and for my knowledge, this could be wrong. Qatar's never been to a World Cup. So, what makes Qatar so special that you have to put a World Cup there? And it's money. Simple as that. The last four World Cups, you got, we're going to count this one Qatar, Russia, then Brazil, and South Africa. Other than Brazil, they're not very historic footballing or soccer nations South Africa and Qatar especially Russia is usually around a World Cup but never does anything in a World Cup Qatar has never been to a World Cup I don't think South Africa had ever been to one before they hosted a World Cup because in a World Cup the host country automatically qualifies which makes sense doesn't it you can't have the host country not be in the World Cup that doesn't make any sense Qatar does not Qatar the thing that happened in Brazil Brazil made stadiums in, like, the middle of the jungles. There's stadiums that aren't even getting used today, but they needed them for the World Cup. So it just ruined, it tanks economies in these countries. Like, Brazil, it is, the World Cup is a beautiful, beautiful tournament. But if you're looking at it from the country standpoint, they are not cheap. <laughs> Especially if you don't have stadiums ready for it. Like Qatar who don't have any stadiums ready for a World Cup. The country, One of the only countries that a World Cup would not absolutely destroy, one of them, I'm not saying it's the only one, but the United States. We have stadiums that are in perfect capacity all over our freaking country. You've got state-of-the-art stadiums down south in Mercedes-Benz Stadium and um, Cowboy Stadium. Or Jerry, jo- Jerry World, AT&T Stadium, whatever you want to call it. Even MetLife Stadium in the freezing cold New Jersey's state-of-the-art. SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Then you got CenturyLink Field, Arrowhead. Ro- the Rose Bowl, which is where the World Cup Final will be in 2026, which is the U.S., Canada, and Mexico all hosting it. But these little countries, or not little countries, but not... Big countries like Qatar or South Africa don't have these stadiums up and ready 
for this. We're lucky because we have the NFL, which draws in close to 90,000, around 70,000 people a game each Sunday. So we have these stadiums ready to go. These other countries, Brazil, even with the great history that Brazil has in soccer, they did not have enough stadiums ready for that. The U.S. does. Simple. We just have stadiums ready to go. Like the next Euros in 2021 is going to be spread out all across Europe. Some of these countries, now there's, like, you look at Spain. You have Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid. They have big stadiums. But if you look at the smaller teams, they don't have massive stadiums just sprawled out throughout the country. England, Old Trafford, Wembley, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Those are big stadiums. They're not all spread out in England's cold. I don't know if a World Cup would ever want to go or would want to go to England in a while. It's, I, it has been. I, uh, uh, don't quote me on that. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, I'm not going to say here because it might be very, very wrong. We got stadiums for glory here. So that's why I can't wait for 2026 because it won't absolutely tank everything in our country, which will be nice. <laughs> and it'll actually be a summer World Cup. And I am going to do my very best. To be going to a World Cup game. Because there's going to be games in Kansas City. I can guarantee it. I am going to Kansas City to watch a soccer game. If not, I hope U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis is going to have one. Ford Field, or the Pontiac Silverdome, I guess, hosted one in 1994. One of the most legendary World Cups of all time. Talking about the uniforms those teams had. But yeah, 2022 Winter World Cup in the great footballing nation known as Qatar. Totally not uh fishy or anything the fact that qatar is hosting a world cup totally not fishy at all totally not totally legal totally legal way of getting a world cup but let's go up to club soccer here we got syria and uh yeah lazio just can't get out of their own way lazio are pissing me off and i'm not even a lazio fan i could care less about syria but lazio is pissing me off so Juventus dropped points for back-to-back games. They draw 3-3 against Sassuolo, almost lost. They were down 3-2 after leading 2-0 after like 12 minutes. And then the last game they played against Atalanta, they drew again. Last two games they've drawn. You want to know what the geniuses over in Lazio did? They drew today 0-0 against Udinese, who are 15th in the league. And there are three games prior to that. They lost. They were one point behind Juventus when the restart happened. Now, they are eight points behind them. They've lost three of their last four games, drawing the one today. And they have allowed Atalanta, the highest scoring team in Juvent- in uh, Syria, and I think the second highest scoring team in the world behind Bayern Munich, there are 93 goals this season, jumped them. How pathetic of a title challenge is that from Lazio? They have Chiro Mobile, top goal scorer in the league, who's going to get passed by Ronaldo at the rate they're going this year for Lazio. And they can't do it. They've just stagnated. They've done nothing since the restart happened. No, the restart has not been worse to any team in the world than Lazio. Lazio have handled it worse than anybody. They have absolutely sucked since the restart happened. And now they sit third, and now we're probably going to drop to fourth because Inter are one point behind them. And they have a worse goal differential than Inter and Atalanta. 
So they went from second when the league was canceled or league was suspended down one point to Juventus. They're going to be in fourth in the coming days because Inter play tomorrow against Spall and Inter have a game in hand. So with that being said, Inter might end up in second because I fully expect them to beat 20th place Spall in this game. So Lazio will go from second to fourth because they can't get their heads out of their ass <laughs> and figure this out. Wow, that I have never been pissed off more about a team I could care less about. What a pathetic title challenge from Lazio since his restarts happened. Pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. <laughs> and they're going to finish fourth, and I don't really care anymore. Good job, Lazio for screwing up the perfect opportunity to end Juventus's reign of terror in Syria. Great job, Lazio. Great, great job. Now let's go over to the Premier League, where another team has been playing like they just don't care since the restarts happened, and that's Liverpool. They won the league, they've drawn with Burnley, and they lost today to Arsenal. Burnley and Arsenal sit 10th and 9th in the league. Their first loss of the season came to 17th place Watford. What is going... Could they care less about what's... I I get they've won the league. Congratulations. But good Lord, guys. You got smashed 4-0 to Manchester City a couple days ago. Or a couple weeks ago. Was it a week ago? Week ago? It was about the, four, it was the 3rd of July. Or 2nd of July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What... Could you guys show a little bit more dignity after winning, being crowned I, 30 years? You'd think you'd show a little bit of, let's keep on going, guys. You lost, you were 27-1-1 one one, starting the restart. You are now 33-3. and three. You have drawn as much, drawn and lost uh, one game less than you have won since this restart's happened. One of the worst restarts. Them and Lazio. Could you guys care less that the restart even happened? Liverpool. I, I'm flipping you off right now in my head. I'm not actually doing it in person right now. But in my head, I'm doing it. And, like, I hate Liverpool. Always have. Least favorite team in the world when it comes to soccer. But, guys, <laughs> this is pathetic. Manchester City, another team, burning you with the other hand. This is the worst title defense I've ever seen in my entire life. One of them. Pathetic. They are 18 points clear. Or 18 points behind Liverpool. 18 points. on a That's a title defense. They, won, they had 99 points last year. Or 100. It was 98, 99, or 100. They were one point above Liverpool. You two are disgraces. To the English Premier League. <laughs> I, I hate both of them. But good lord, you guys are pissing me off even more. Because you two are sitting there at the top of the league. And you're not going to... Man City aren't going to go anywhere other than second. Liverpool aren't going to drop below first. They've already won the league. But man, pissing me off. Manchester United have a chance to go up to fourth. Tomorrow, since you know, they screwed around the other day against Southampton. They play uh, Crystal Palace tomorrow. 
So they have a chance to jump up the fourth. Leicester City play Sheffield United. And with Sheffield United's recent form in the last two games, I'm taking Sheffield. Good Lord, am I taking Sheffield. Beating, they crushed Chelsea the other day, 3-0. And they beat Wolves the day before. And they beat Tottenham two games ago, or three games ago, 3-1. to one. I'm taking Sheffield. With the way Leicester have been playing, with the way Sheffield have been playing, I'm taking Leicester, or Sheffield with... If you look at the last six games for Leicester, they've drawn three, lost two, and won one. I'm taking Sheffield, who have won three of their last four, and they drew the other one. But, man, restarts with Liverpool and Lazio. Lazio pisses me off even more because I have – I kind of like Lazio. I like Chiro Mobley. I like Serge Milinkovic savage I have no problems with Lazio. But you guys are going to come out and say you're title-challenging with Juventus – and put on that display where we're just going to drop points like crazy and we're going to finish fourth in the league when at the restart, when the season was over, when they postponed it, you were in second place by a point. You are now eight points behind Juventus who have dropped points their last two games. You guys drew nil-nil to the 15th place team in Syria and Udinese. That's disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful and for Liverpool you're the best goalie and the best defender in the world Van Dyke and Allison looked like complete amateurs look at I went out there today it looked like Allison in his oh I'm gonna just get the uh, was it Flamengo or was it Fluminense which one was it uh he played for a red team to start with F in Brazil I don't remember and Van Dyke's uh Celtic or Groningen days I think he played for Groningen in the Netherlands these are the best in the world, apparently. And you guys got made look... You looked like fools against Arsenal today. Absolute fools. We'll look at your who scored ratings today. Virgil van Dyke had a 5-7 and Allison had a 4-8. The two worst players on the field today were the two best players in the world in their position, according to a lot of people. And he's better than Nemanja Vidic. Yeah, right. Get out of my face with that. But yeah, Liverpool looked like absolute jokes. They've they played terrible since the restart happened. And now they won't get 100 points this year. X that out. They're at 93 points right now. They ain't getting 100. So, yeah. But they won the league, so I guess, oh, we don't care. They're playing like they just do not care. It's a giant middle finger to the rest of the Premier League. Ah, oh, we won the league. We don't even need to try anymore. And I hope this form carries into next season. Because if it does, whoo! be awesome be very good right for the taking hopefully Manchester United get a couple players their their depth for Manchester United is not necessarily the strong point starting 11 is looking good with Pogba Fernandez Rashford Martial Wambasaka like it's looking good Dean Henderson's probably going to come in he says he's better than David De Gea which watching De Gea this season I'm not going to disagree with him so Manchester United get some depth he might be able to actually challenge for the league this year don't care about City Chelsea you guys can go F off. I don't really care what you guys do. Chelsea's going to be a pain in the arse next year. Speaking of speaking in English. English as in England. Ah, Chelsea's going to piss me off next year, aren't they? They're going to get some really good players. <laughs> They've already got two really good players in Timo Werner and Hakim Ziyech. They're going to get even more players. They're going to get some good players. Dang, it's, it's going to suck next year. But they're going to get some good players, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, whatever, whatever we move, we move. 
So let's get on to some other football. We got some NFL stuff to talk about before we get into Stay Woke Wednesday today. Uh, NFL, we got Derrick Henry signing a four-year deal with the Tennessee Titans worth $50 million. $25.5 million is guaranteed, which is meaning now the Titans' backfield is now locked up for the long-term future. We're signing Ryan Tannehill earlier this offseason. Now you got top three running back in the NFL signed as well. Top five at least, if you want to go like that. But yeah, Derrick Henry, four-year, $50 million contract now with the Tennessee Titans. Now they had the, the contract deadline today, which was at uh, 4 Eastern time, I believe, 3 Central time. I could be wrong about that, but I think that was the time they had signed it. Miles Garrett, we talked about it yesterday, about how he's in the process of getting a new deal over the line. Signed it. Five-year, $125 million deal. Posted on Twitter. I retweeted on the Logan Blackman show. And, yeah, he's officially official. Uh, long-term Cleveland Brown. Worth the contract. A lot of money. One of the most talented edge rushers in the NFL. Uh, worth it. Because most important positions in the in football are the quarterback, obviously, the left tackle, and an edge rusher. Those are the most important positions in the NFL. If I'm building a team, I am getting my left tackle quarterback and DNs figured out first and then building the rest of the roster around that. I'm getting a pass-catching running back. I'm getting a dual-threat tight end, meaning he's going to block well and catch. So basically George Kittle, which is not <laughs> – it's a pipe dream, but you know what? I just want the left side of the O-line to be shirt up for my quarterback. I want a deep threat at wideout, and I want one that can run underneath routes. I want a James Lofton, Andre Reid type situation with my team. I want a big, fat old run stopper in the middle of my defense. Damon Harrison be perfect prior to Penn, Damon Harrison. Get one shutdown corner and get a very talented corner on the other side so people start throwing to his side, but he's still a good corner. I want a ball-hawking safety. I want a safety I can use as a linebacker. And I want a leader in my middle linebacker spot. That is Logan Blackman's dream team. I want a mobile quarterback. Mobile quarterback's priority. That's my dream team. Get the left side of the old line figured out. Dual threat tight end when it catch, catch, catch pass and block. Ball catching running back. A mobile quarterback. Doesn't need to have the strongest arm. I just want to be mobile. A deep threat wide receiver. An underneath wide receiver. Star edge rusher, big fat old guy in the middle to clog up running lanes. A shut down corner with a decent corner on the other side. No scrub on the other side. We're not. We're we're doing lockdown and a good corner. Ball hawking safety and a safety that I can use as a linebacker. That's my dream team. Is it all feasible in one offseason? No, probably not. But that's the dream. But Derrick Henry, power back. If you want power backs, Derrick Henry is your guy. And they don't get much more talented on the edge than Miles Garrett. Uh, someone who did not sign is Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, reportedly turned down a $100 million contract. Looks like he's going to be the next Kirk Cousins, essentially. Franchise tag, franchise tag, new team. That's what it's looking like for uh, good old Dak Prescott. That's what it's looking like. Which the Cowboys have been really weird with their money, their handing out of money, and Dak has denied a contract again, will be under the franchise tag, and... Well, my prediction a couple weeks ago, or no, it was a couple months ago. Jeez, we've been doing this for a while. We've been back since April. So this has been a while since we've, <laughs> time been flying by. Jeez, that's random, but it's been flying by. But I said a couple months ago that I think I could see him going to the New Orleans Saints. From Louisiana, played college football at Mississippi State. Go back home to New Orleans. I know he's not from New Orleans, but go back to Louisiana, 
start for the Saints once, or not once, but if the Taysom Hill experiment does not work out, because dude's 30 years old. You're not, he's, he's older than a lot of starting quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and he hasn't even gotten a chance to play. People are comparing him to Lamar Jackson, but I'll echo the same thing that other people have said. And I've said this a lot on the show. If he was Lamar Jackson, he would have played, not Teddy Bridgewater. That's the difference. Because when Joe Flacco got hurt, the Ravens had RG3 on the roster as well. RG3 did not go in the game. It was Lamar Jackson going into the game. So I don't know how much the Saints actually believe in Taysom Hill or if it's a lot of it is all smoke and mirrors type thing. So they got Jameis Winston there. I I hope for Jameis' sake that he can turn it around because I think he's got talent. He just got LASIK, finally. If you've been struggling that long seeing, you'd think you'd get LASIK earlier in your career, but he just got it. So maybe Dak goes back if Daysom Hill and Jameis Winston don't work out to New Orleans. But yeah, did not sign a new contract, Dak Prescott. And finally, the 99 club, I th- well, to my knowledge, I think it's done. Maybe the 99 club is not done. Maybe they're going to add more players. But usually it's four. And Aaron Donald is the final one. Just got announced today. Uh, 99 club pretty much every single season, it feels like. Joint third all time with 499 overall rankings. And he's only behind Ray Lewis, who has five. And then the sheriff, Peyton Manning, with six. Also, speaking of quarterbacks, another quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, was named to the 99 club. Very understandable. Best quarterback in the NFL. Second best football player in the world, if I'm concerned. It's one of these two players. One of the other person I'm going to say next. But Aaron Donald's the best by my calculations. Number two is Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is freaking insane. 99 club. One of the best. No, not one of the. He is the best running back in the NFL. Easily. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Best running back in the NFL. But the other running backs rankings are very... uh, peculiar uh chris mccaffrey 99 good derrick henry 93 could see that nick chubb zeke 92 okay that's fair dalvin cook 91 eh aaron jones 90 yeah yeah joe mixon 89 and then um eh. saquon barkley in 89 by my calculations again calculations saquon barkley is the second best running back in the nfl so why the hell is he rated 89 below Joe Mixon, a joint with Joe Mixon, below Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook? My top five running backs in the NFL in this order are McCaffrey, Barkley, Henry, Elliott, Chubb. That's my top five running backs in the NFL. Saquon Barkley is not worse or not equal to Joe Mixon. He's not worse than Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook. That's just stupid. I heard uh, Madden was, they finally folded to the uh, the pressure coming from the fans and moved Saquon Barkley up to an 80, a 91, but I don't know if that's official yet because I saw this this morning and this was tweeted about eight minutes after I saw it or before I saw it. So yeah, Saquon Barkley in 89, then Josh Jones in 88, Alvin Kamara in 88. That is a, I, I mean, Matt, don't, if you're going on player, like how good a player is, don't go to Madden. Just don't go to Madden. If you want to look about how good an NFL player is, don't go, well, hey, man, I've done this before, and this was when I was younger, and I regret doing this stuff because it's very stupid, and it sounds stupid when you say it out loud. But, hey, Madden, he's the best player in Madden, so that means he's better than them. I've used that in the past 
when I was like in early high school, I used to use that. And that's not very smart because Madden's rankings are, how do I put this? Um, stupid. They're usually never right on basing on how good a player actually is. Saquon Barkley in 89. 10 rankings below McCaffrey. He's the second best running back in the NFL. I don't think he's 10 rankings below McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey's the best running back in the NFL. But I don't think he's that much better than Saquon Barkley. I think he's the best, but that doesn't mean I think it's by that wide of a margin. And the other one on here, for the other 99 club members, Stephon Gilmore. Defensive player of the year, best cornerback in the NFL. I think we can all agree on that. But the second best corner in the NFL is rated in 89. Same thing with McCaffrey and Barkley. Stephon Gilmore is 99. Trey White is an 89. 89 overall. This just, this is Madden to a T. This ranking system right here. Because stat by stat, this has been compared the entire season. This is why I've said they're the two best corners in the league. Trey White was a first-team All-Pro selection. Trey White, last year, eight turnovers forced. Stephon Gilmore only had six. 17 passes defended. Stephon Gilmore, 20. A 45 passer rating. Stephon Gilmore, 44.1. Trey White allowed 626 yards. Gilmore allowed 599. Uh, Trey White allowed two touchdowns. Stephon Gilmore, or no, Trey White allowed two. Stephon Gilmore allowed, no, I, oh, God. Stephon Gilmore allowed two. Trey White allowed zero. <laughs> there, we finally got it after all this time. Like, come on. In 89? If you're looking at Madden rankings and go like, yep, he is really that much better than Trey White. Needs some help. Trey White is easily a top two corner in this league. To say he's 10 ratings below Stephon Gilmore is ridiculous. Trey White's not even the best rated player on the Bills. He's behind Stephon Diggs, who's a 92, I think. Which I think is, I think Diggs is around like a 90-92. But Stephon Gilmore, Trey White is at least a 95. Or a 93. I'll give you a 93. 89, though. What is up with Madden and discredit? Saquon Barkley was hurt a lot last year. So that's the reason I think they put him at 89. Skill-wise, he's only worse than Christian McCaffrey in my books. Trey White played all last year, showed everybody what he could do, and is an 89 in Madden. I can I can brush past Saquon because he was hurt. Maybe that's why they did it. But st- Trey is so disrespected. That's ridiculous. So with that being said, I thought that'd be a perfect segue into Stay Woke Wednesday because don't look at Madden for rankings and believe that those are, that's what, that's everything. Now I got a lot of these things. I got a lot of things for Stay Woke Wednesday. A lot of things. I got to find out where I started this list because it's been, it's been a while since this list, since I've been on here. Uh, I got to remember where I started. Where did I even start? That's from Friday. Is that this Friday? Jeez, I put, I've, I saved a lot of pictures. Okay, we are slowly getting there. Okay, here we go. The rookie rankings for Madden. Uh, well, no, we're not going to talk about this. I don't really have a problem with this. But for the quarterbacks goes Burrow, Tua, Jordan Love, Justin Herbert, Hurts, 
I think that's fine. I don't really have any real beef with that. Um, this was uh, this is bold prediction, so I don't know if you'd really have this. It's future predictions type thing. Dak will have a better career than Carson Wentz. Josh Allen fails in Buffalo as the Bills find a new QB. Matt Stafford has a playoff success in Detroit. Broncos become the most dominant team of the decade. Uh, okay. Uh, before he retires, Matty Ice leads the Falcons on a playoff run but comes up short, which has been his entire career. The Jets become the new Browns as Darnold leaves New York and succeeds elsewhere. Judy and CeeDee Lamb are the top wide receivers throughout their careers. The Patriots' success with Cam Newton is short-lived. Those aren't A lot of those aren't really bold predictions, like the Cam Newton one, um... The, well, uh, yeah, okay. other than that one, I don't really agree with any of those, but I'm not going to go too in-depthly about that because it's not really that important. Uh, what else do we got on here? Uh, who had a better career? If Who has a better career if both stay healthy? Andrew Luck or Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is the most talented quarterback I've seen in my lifetime. And I've watched likes of Michael Vick and – uh, Lamar Jackson. I love Andrew Luck. I think Andrew Luck is undervalued by a lot of people, a lot of NFL fans for that matter. Patrick Mahomes, though, is the best quarterback in the world. Andrew Luck was never the best quarterback in the world. Granted, that could be all down to injuries. Maybe if he stayed healthy, he would be the best quarterback in the world. Which isn't saying a lot. It's like, I hate the term world champs when the NFL team wins the Super Bowl because no one else is challenging you guys for a Super Bowl. So you're not really the world champs. You're United States champs. But world champs, I don't know. But Patrick Mahomes easily have the better career out of those two. Okay. Where do I want to start off next? Oh, top wide receivers of the decade. Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, Larry Fitzgerald, Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Demarius Thomas, T.Y., Odell, and Mike Evans. First off, Julio's the most, he's the best receiver of the decade. Uh, Calvin Johnson, to my knowledge, only played six years in the decade. And it was a great six years, if that is the number. I'm going to look it up right now because I really don't remember when he retired. Oh, he only played five years in the decade. He played, retired in 2015. He only played five years in the decade. Now that he's gotten a certain level of Bo Jackson status where he's, this legendary figure, but he actually played longer. So we have more to base off instead of Bo Jackson's like two years in the NFL where he was actually playing, but Julio's the best in the decade. And then I'd put Antonio Brown right behind him at number two. If I'm being hundred percent honest, Antonio Brown had his weird stints these past two years, but he is the second best receiver of this decade. I don't think there's really there. Cause throughout the years of this decade, it was, debated throughout the decade who was the better receiver Antonio Brown or Julio Jones no one else was ever brought up in that discussion it wasn't like oh who's the best between Julio and Mike Evans no it's was Antonio Brown versus Julio so that's why I think it's number one and two and then the rest of them I don't really care I'm glad AJ Green's up there in the number six Demarius Thomas a little a little high number seven Maybe a little higher. I think T.Y. Hilton could pass Demarius Thomas. Uh, yeah. That would be my prediction. Or that would be my saying for the top receivers of the decade. So I'd have Lulu number one, Antonio Brown at number two. Easily for me. So yeah. That's what I, that's, that's what I would do. 
for this. Next one I got on here, top four sophomore quarterbacks. Okay, this one's a little interesting. Sam Howell, number one. I don't really have a lot of problems with that. Uh, number two, Spencer Rattler. Number three, Keaton Slovis. Number four, Jaden Daniels. How are we going to rank Spencer Rattler above Keaton Slovis, let alone Jaden Daniels? He hasn't played any meaningful football yet. So how can we rank him better than a quarterback that has set had a great season last year? If you look at the top 10 quarterbacks in college football, nobody, to my knowledge, maybe they have, and if they have, sorry for doing I don't know why you would do that, has put Spencer Rattler even on the top 10. Now you're saying he's the second best sophomore in college football. And a quarterback, sophomore quarterbacks. I guess not so- total sophomores. Like, I'm going to try and pull this up if I can if I can do this. See if I can do it on multiple multiple fronts here. Find Keaton Slovis. Okay. We're going to try and look at this on multiple tabs so I can compare the two accordingly. Ah, it's not on Oklahoma. Crap, it's on his Eagles page. I was going to click on Jalen Hurts. And do it that way, but I guess we got to do this the hard way by going back all the way to the college football standings page and then clicking on Oklahoma. Because, you know, today's just nothing's really working for Logan today. So we're we're struggling. I'm not going to lie. Struggling, struggling, struggling. But since you want to rate, uh, I might give you Jaden Daniels. Maybe. Potential-wise, he's through the roof. But I will not give you... Keaton Slovis. Let's read out their stats from last year. Um, <clears throat> let me find this on here. Uh, Keaton Slovis, 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, 9 picks. Completing basically 72% of his passes. Where he was throwing the ball down the field. He's not checking down all the time. He's throwing the ball down the field. He completed 72% of his passes. Spencer Rattler. Let's scroll down a, a lot on this. Uh. 81 yards, one touchdown, 64% completion percentage, essentially. 63.6. He played in the college football playoff game, I guess, against LSU, where they got absolutely smashed. Played against uh, South Dakota. Threw a touchdown against an FCS opponent. Good job. But, Todd, he has played, he's thrown 81 yards. How are we going to rank him above a guy that threw for 3,500 yards or what was it? 3,200 yards? No, 3,500 yards and 30 touchdowns with nine picks completing 72% of his passes. How are we going to rank him above that? 81 yards versus that. Another quarterback you could throw in on the, the sophomore charts. I think he's a sophomore going into this year. Yeah. Spencer Sanders. If we're looking at sophomores right now, Oklahoma State quarterback, just because he's played, he didn't have a great season last year as a true freshman playing for Oklahoma State in a per, in a, a basically a running run first off, not basically a run first offensive team. He still put up decent numbers last season for Oklahoma State. 2000 yards, sixteen touchdowns, eleven picks. Not great with the sixteen touch. Not great touchdown interception ratio. But 628 yards rushing, those are decent numbers. How can we put a guy that's thrown for 81 yards second? I get potentials there. Potential, yeah, sick. But if we're talking about 
right now, the here and now, Keaton Slovis is not worse. Right now, right now. I'm not talking about they won't be next year or he won't be worse than him next year. But right now, as I sit here on July 15th, 2020, it, to what I have watched, Keaton Slovis is better than Spencer Rattler at this point in time. I have not seen Spencer Rattler play any meaningful football. In the three games he played, they blew out South Dakota and Texas Tech and then got smashed by LSU. No meaningful football was played for him. Now, potential is through the roof. He might be, if we're talking about just straight potential, he might be the best quarterback on this list because everybody's touting him as the best quarterback Lincoln Riley has ever had, the most talented quarterback Lincoln Riley's ever had. He's had two Heisman winners. Two number one overall picks, and a guy that finished runner-up in the Heisman, and ran for a thousand while also throwing for three thousand yards, getting drafted in the second round when people didn't even see him getting drafted the year before. Like, that's a lofty goal for this guy, and there's been very high expectations for quarterbacks in the past. Blake Barnett being the prime example of that. The guy Jalen Hurts beat out at Alabama after he sucked. In their first game. I think it was against USC. He struggled against USC. And then he went to uh, Arizona State, I think. And then to USF. And basically faded off into nothingness. Gunnar Keel was another one. Who was supposed to be, I think he was at Notre Dame. For a little bit. And then transferred to Cincinnati. I believe. I gotta look it up. Because I think he committed to Notre Dame at first. Elite 11 guy. Yeah, he was at Notre Dame. And he transferred to Cincinnati, and now he's nowhere. He's Mr. Indiana football. He was a US, USA Today high school All-American. JT Daniels was the, quarter, was the quarterback of the year, high school player of the year. He transferred from USC after getting beat out by Keaton Slovis to Georgia. Now, there's a decent chance he beats out Jam, uh, Jamie, Dan, Jamie Newman, but like just because the hype's there does not mean it's going to pan out. So don't be crediting him as the second coming of Jesus Christ, essentially, like a lot of people in the national media are, yet. You can do that once he's played. Once he's played, go ahead. And I expect him to put up godly numbers at Oklahoma because I've seen quarterbacks, three quarterbacks do it prior to him in Link, under Lincoln Riley. I expect him to put up some insane numbers at Oklahoma. But for right now, I'm not ranking him above Keaton Slovis and Jaden Daniels, especially not Keaton Slovis. Uh, next one on this list, let's keep scrolling, see if you can find one. What is this? Oh, uh, this is Catch the Blitz. They did a position ranking for the NFC North. Quarterback was the really the interesting one. I have no problem with the top four. The five through seven, because they only ranked through seven, was the interesting part. So it's all the backups now. So you got Lamar, Big Ben, Baker, Joe Burrow. That's fine. I can get behind that ranking. Number five, Case Keenum. Okay. Number six, Mason Rudolph. Number seven, Robert Griffin III. What? I might, might give you Case Keenum. I will not give you Mason Rudolph over RG3. I won't. I will not allow that. That is disgraceful. Running back, pretty much the same thing, but to a Ravens, another Ravens guy. Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Kareem Hunt, then Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is better than Kareem Hunt. Right now, I would take Mark Ingram. It's a little disrespectful to Mark Ingram and Reagan Ford. Now, I don't really have a huge problem. Not as much as the RG3 thing. Under Mason Rudolph, RG3 is way better than Mason Rudolph. Easily. If you put Mason Rudolph with, uh, 
if you had a quarterback battle between Mason Rudolph and RG3, who would honestly tell me that Mason Rudolph would beat out RG3? I don't think anybody across the board would say that. Case Keenum had one good year in the NFL, and then now a lot of people are saying, oh my God, this guy's the best backup in the NFL, or one of the best. No one's saying he is the best, but he had one good year in the NFL with no injuries and a very good receiving core. There's not a lot of things that could have gone wrong for Case Keenum that season. Wide receiver, Odell Beckham, number one, Jarvis Landry, two, A.J. Green, three, Juju, four, Tyler Boyd, five, and I care less about six, seven. But A.J. Green's the best in the division. I don't think a lot of people disagree with that, except for this page. And Tyler Boyd is better than Juju Smith-Schuster. There's a lot of hype around Juju Smith-Schuster, but he's more hype than anything now. He's good. I'm not saying he's bad, but AJ's better than the top two and or top three. Or yeah, top two. And Jarvis is right now better than Odell. At this point in time, I think a lot of people will take Jarvis over Odell. At this point in time, as I speak, July 15th, 2020. I think a lot of people would. Just in my humble opinion. And then uh don't really have any problems with the tight end. What other ones do we got on here? Let's keep scrolling on here. Jeez, I got a lot. I got a lot of crap here. Uh, USA Today's 2020 record predictions are out. And this was um, on Saturday. I saw this. They had what was the ones that I really thought were weird because I took a screenshot. The Bears at three and thirteen is very, very interesting. Um, I don't really think I had a lot of problems with it. I think it was the fact that they said they're absolutely insane. There's nothing really that absolutely insane about this record. I mean, Giants two and fourteen, Panthers three and thirteen. There's not a lot of other things that are, like, that's not even insane. Like, those aren't insane record predictions. Was, nothing about this is really weird. I, that was why I screenshotted this, now I'm thinking about it. They're absolutely insane. That's not, they're not insane. No, 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 no. Uh, ranking QBs drafted since 2010. The first QB taken. Um, The thing that I thought was, I'm fine with Cam Newton and Andrew Luck being one and two. You could flip those if you wanted to. But, Jameis Winston, three. Sam Bradford, four. Jared Goff, five. Uh, Jared Goff has been to a Super Bowl. So, I would rank him above Jameis and Sam Bradford. I'd put Sam Bradford at number seven. I'd move everybody, and Jameis Winston, I'd move everybody up at five, six, and seven. Jared Goff, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, above Jameis, Sam Bradford. And I might move Sam Bradford above Jameis Winston. Maybe. Maybe do that. But I'm fine with the bottom. Mitch Trubisky, Blake Borles, EJ Manuel. Yeah, that's fine. But Winston and Bradford at three and four above Goff. Goff has not been great by any stretch of the imagination since this is the year they went to the Super Bowl. Last year, he didn't have the best year, but he had a lot of injuries around him. Todd Gurley's not himself. And then your offensive line was weak. You, didn't, you lost people on the offensive line. Didn't improve on anything on the O-line. And then your wide receiver, Cooper Cup, your number one target, was out for the entire season. No, 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 no. I got that wrong. He was out two years ago. He had a great year last year. Cooper Cup did. Okay, don't, I, ooh, I, I saved myself. That could have made me look really, really stupid. More than I already do. But, yeah, Goff's been to a Super Bowl. He's the only one on this list other than Cam Newton that's been to a Super Bowl. I'm not ranking above Andrew Luck, but I think in this list, he has to be at number three. And Jameis and Sam Bradford have to be at least at number six and seven. Um, Next one on here. Predict the most successful rookie at each position. Didn't really have a problem with any of these. C.J. Henderson was interesting because a lot of people are going to say Jeff Okuda, but I don't really have a – C.J. Henderson 
is the most athletic corner in this draft class. He's more athletic than Okuda. I think Okuda is better as a cornerback, but athletic ability-wise, C.J. Henderson's more athletic than Jeff Okuda. Other, everything else on here, nothing too insane on here. If I, Yeah. Like, two at quarterback, sure. I, I think Jordan Love could have a lot of success learning from Aaron Rodgers and taking over in that system. I think he's perfect for it because he's just like Aaron Rodgers. Ability-wise, not the same quarterback, obviously, but... I see Jordan Love. I think Joe Burrow has the tools on offense to succeed. Two really good wide receivers and a really talented running back with the O-line slowly improving with Joe Thomas coming in after being – or not Joe Thomas. Uh, crap. Jonah Williams coming in. They're being much the same person. He wears 73 because of Joe Thomas. Plays for an Ohio team. I think he could have success. Justin Herbert. I mean, the Oregon – he's the one I'm scared of the most, even though he's got the most – he's got the best tools out of everybody. Size, mobility, arm – smarts he's got the best tools but he's an Oregon quarterback so that scares me as an NFL prospect I think he could be a beast once he sheds the Oregon quarterbacks can't play in the NFL because the last few quarterbacks from Oregon in the NFL have proven they cannot play now Mariota he can play but not as a everyday starter if that makes sense he's a good backup he's not like Harrington Achilles Smith before him Mariota is just not a franchise quarterback but, yeah, I don't have any problems with a lot of that, but that was just something that was interesting. Top 10 players from the 2019 NFL Draft. Um, Nick Bosa, one. Josh Jacobs, two. Kyler Murray, three. Josh Allen, four. The Jaguars, one. A.J. Brown, Devin Bush, Daniel Jones, Miles Sanders, Max Crosby, Gardner Minshew. Don't have problems with that. I think I might move up Max Crosby above Miles Sanders and Daniel Jones, but there's not too much wrong with that one either. Not really too much wrong with that. I have no problems with a few of these things, surprisingly. For being Stay Woke Wednesday, I don't have a lot of problems with these so far, but we're we're still on Saturday. I haven't even moved in to Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and even today for this. Uh, 2018 redraft, Lamar going number one. Okay, makes sense. Quentin Nelson going two. Makes sense. Best O-lineman in the draft. Giants need help on the O-line. Makes sense. They drafted Willie Hernandez, I think, later in this draft. Who's gonna? He looks really good so far. He's, I think he's the best offensive lineman the Giants have. If you discount Andrew Thomas, but but number three, Sam Darnold. What do we? What more do we need to explain that at this point in time, Sam Darnold is not better than Josh Allen, let alone maybe even Baker Mayfield. And the other thing is, Josh Allen isn't even in this top ten. They had Mayfield going to the Bills. Which, at the time of the draft, my dad and I both wanted Baker Mayfield and the Bills. I was kind of in... I wanted Sam Darnold, but I was coming around to Josh Allen when the draft happened. I got a really funny video of my dad when Josh Allen got drafted by the Bills. That's uh, that's what I... That I it's, a, it's a very amusing video for me. Now, he obviously loves Josh Allen. That's what... He loves him. My dad loves him even more than I do. Well, I wouldn't go that far. But we wanted he wanted Baker Mayfield. I wanted Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield coming around to Josh Allen. Didn't want Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen's attitude put me off. But, yeah, the Mayfield at seven, Sam Darnold at three still. After watching what Darnold's done in the NFL, what has made you go, yeah, I'd still take him at number three. I'd still take him there at number three. Uh. Now, next one on here, Charles Barkley's all-time top 10 list. Jordan, and then Oscar Robertson, Bill Russell, Kareem, Wilt, Kobe, then LeBron, 
Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Larry, and Magic. Number one thing, LeBron's not the seventh best player of all time. He's the second best, easily, by – there's such a wide margin between Jordan, LeBron, and everybody else. It's ridiculous. And then Shaq's not even on the list. Shaq, for a period of time, was the most dominated player. If you, if you look at the history of the NBA, I don't think anybody could stop Shaq in any era. I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible. No one could move like Shaq down low and dominate. Shaq was just so freaking powerful. Shaq could go in any era and be the best player in the NBA because no one could stop him. Even in the the late 90s to early 2000s, no one could stop him. He was winning, racking up finals MVPs. He was racking up MB, league MVPs. He was racking up NBA championships. Like Shaq was dominant for the time. Uh, next one on here, uh, who you got? Jalen Ramsey versus Devin Hester. I was so confused when I read this. It's like, what? What is the point? What? Are, what are you trying to say with this thing? I'm. I am confused. I am confusion. Why? Devin Hester sucked as a wide receiver. What? I'm taking Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> the only thing Devin Hester could do is run. I. He. He sucked as a wideout. If I'm taking. If that's a matchup, I'm taking Jalen Ramsey every single day. Not even close. Um. Next one, what do we have on here? I'm trying to find the next one on here. What was I got? This is strong. Oh, yeah, this one. This one's just funny. This one wasn't really anything to stay woke about. This one's just funny. I got to read this out. So, DeAndre Baker and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. It was on the Seahawks. Dunbar, I think is his name. Uh, they robbed people a few months ago. Getting paid millions of dollars to rob people. To top it off, to like, if you're going to be dumb enough to rob something as a millionaire, this tops it off even more. They paid the people that they robbed to be quiet. You paid the people that you robbed to be quiet. Why did you even rob them in the first place? Idiot. I, I don't know. I had to read that. That was just, I was so, ha- I was so laugh. I was laughing when I saw that. Just surprised me so much. Like, man, how do you, you rob people. And then pay them more than what you robbed them for to be quiet. Don't rob them then. <laughs> it's like a, one of those things is don't be stupid. Some people, you can't not be stupid. You can't beat stupid. That one was so dumb. It was, I laughed so hard on that. Uh, NFC North Superlatives. This is from NFC North Report on Instagram. Overall Packers. Okay, sure. Then you got Offense Lions, Defense Bears. And everything else on here, there is so you want to you say the Packers are the best overall team. And this superlative thing, you've got the Bears in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven spots. Out of the twelve or no, the sixteen spots, you got them in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven spots. The Packers are in four. So with your first thing overall, you would think that if you're saying the Packers are the best team overall, they would have the most spots because that would mean they are overall the best team in the division. You have the bears in every single, And then also the one other category you have them in is overhyped. So you canceled out your first one by going, they're the best overall. Then not only did you not have them as the most dominant team in the division ranked out of all, like all the spots you could fill your spot, your put a team logo in. You only put them in four. And one of those four was an overhyped. So are they the best overall or are they overhyped? I, I don't know. There's, there's got to be a, 
a middle ground here, and I don't really understand it. It's confusing. Uh, AFC East superlatives from Next Gen NFL. Uh, best offensive, I think this is players. Yeah, best offensive player, Stephon Diggs. Best defensive, Stephon Gilmore. Breakout, Cam Newton. I don't really know if he's a breakout player. He's been in the league for 10 years. I don't know if he'd really break out. Underrated, Devontae Parker. Overrated, Le'Veon Bell. Best rookie, Tua Tagovailoa. I don't really have a problem with that. I don't think Cam can really break out. He's been in the league for nine years. He's won an MVP, been to a Super Bowl breakout year. I don't really know about that. I don't really disagree with anything else on here. It's just the the breakout one. I'd put a young player in there like Josh or Sam Darnold or Jarrett Stidham. Just a young guy. Even though Jarrett Stidham might not be the starter. Hell, Cam Newton might not even be the starter for being 100% honest. There's a very good chance he is, but we don't really know for a fact that he is. But, yeah. Uh, what else do we got on here? Keep scrolling, keep scrolling, Logan. Oh, jeez, I got a lot of those. Um, okay, here we go. Diaz Den, D- Diaz D NFL, Diaz D NFL. I don't know how to say this username. Diaz D E NFL, Diaz Day. I don't know. Ranking any every NFC team by category: overrated, underrated, just right. So this just goes through divisions. Uh, Vikings are overrated. Packers are just right. Lions are underrated. Bears are underrated. So this completely trumps everything that the last page we read off of the NFC North says. That's an NFC North report. That's an official NFC North team or uh, fan page. Packers were just right, but they were the most overhyped team in the other one. That's an NFC. I'm going to go with the NFC North one on that because it's official. Uh, Lions underrated. Sure. Bears. I mean, sure. I don't know. Vikings overrated. I, I don't really know. Are they overrated? They got a lot of good pieces on their team. They got rid of a lot of dead wood this offseason. Not a lot, but a decent amount of dead wood. Chemistry-wise, they should be through the roof this year, but at least with most of the team, Dalvin's trying to pull, but they got a good running back behind him, so I I don't know. Rams just right. Cardinals overrated. 49ers just right. Just right for the Seahawks as well. Sure. Yeah, I have no problems with any of that. Uh there's really not any other problems I have with any of the other divisions, but NFC North one was just funny because we read a page just a little bit ago about how <laughs> these teams are this way. Overall, Packers are the best, even though overall they don't have the most spots taken up in this picture. So, I don't I don't know. <laughs> we already talked about the running backs thing in Madden. Um, I got an idea for tomorrow, but I'm going to do that tomorrow. Uh, Dak Prescott, this is a fun fact. NFL fun facts on Instagram. Go follow them. They're a pretty fun page. Uh, there are four quarterbacks in the last in the NFL over the last two seasons that have more turnovers and touchdowns versus playoff teams. Mitch Trubisky, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, and Dak Prescott. Dak divides opinions throughout every NFL person ever. He has, I think he also, since 2016, has the fourth most wins in the NFL. So it's kind of weird how he's beating these bad teams but can't do anything good against the good teams, if that makes sense. So I don't know. I don't think Dak should be as highly paid as he should, but he's going to get paid high because that's the market we live in as the NFL. Quarterbacks are going to get paid a crap ton of money, and we're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, what else do we got on here? Uh, JT Daniels looks like he just tried to tie the damsel to the train tracks. JT Daniels is one ugly mf'er. If that dude isn't a star quarterback, I don't think any girl would ever talk to this guy ever. If he wasn't the best player in the country as a high schooler and then go to USC and transfer to Georgia... This dude is one of the ugliest quarterbacks I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm I'm talking about, I'm including myself in that too. Like I, this dude 
good lord. I thought my mustache was kind of bad. This dude can't grow a mustache. It's all patchy. Have you ever seen a patchy mustache? I see patchy beards all the time. Hell, I have one, but patchy mustache? I don't know, JT, doing the curtains thing too. I don't know. JT, you got to figure something out, man. You got you got to do something. Uh, most overrated QB in the NFL, Carson Wentz, Dak, Kyler Murray, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Lamar Jackson. Well, Lamar's not overrated. He literally just the second ever unanimous MVP. That's not really overrated. He just absolutely pulled the pants down of the rest of the NFL this past season. Kyler Murray's exciting, but we don't really know what he's going to do this year. There's a lot of talent around him this year. Dak, we just say he has more interceptions than touchdowns. He gets actually good teams. Carson Wentz was the MVP of the league a few years ago before he tore his ACL. People seem to forget about that. Um, and he just threw for 4,000 yards with no receiver having over 500 yards or 400 yards. It's something crazy. Like, it's never been done before. And Jimmy Garoppolo just went to a friggin' Super Bowl. So, I think Dak is the most overrated on this one. I think you'd put Jimmy Garoppolo number two because he doesn't do a lot of things that wow you based on the contract that he has. He doesn't do anything that's like, wow, that's really amazing. This dude's awesome. But, yeah... Wentz, Kyler, and Lamar aren't really overrated at all. I think you could put Kyler slightly overrated just because after watching his rookie year, I think Drew Locke's more overrated than Kyler Murray because everybody's expecting the Broncos. As we read earlier, Broncos the most dominant team of the decade. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Diaz did NFL. Oh, GC popped up on here again. I didn't even realize that. Uh, NFC North record predictions. Packers 12-4. and four. Uh, Vikings 11 and five lions seven and nine and the bears two and 14. <laughs> they are not worse than the Cincinnati Bengals were last year. They are not that bad. Their offense has some slight interesting parts to it, but their defense is still elite. They're not going to finish two and 14. I bet I can see them finishing five and 11, four and 12, maybe, but two and 14 is a little bit of a, an extreme there, but you know what? I haven't made my official predictions yet. I've made some predictions, but they're not official because the season hasn't even come close to starting yet. So we'll make my predictions once we actually get closer to the NFL season. I think we did it when the schedule first released, but we'll we'll do it again once the actual season starts coming closer to becoming a thing. So with that being said, let's end it here on this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Sorry for no video. I just couldn't be asked to, to make a video today. I just had no motivation to make a video. I barely had motivation to do a show, but this show turned out pretty good in my opinion, but I'm biased, of course, because it's my show. Uh, Yeah, go follow the Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media. I'll get this podcast updated really soon or uploaded very soon, so hopefully you enjoyed it. And with that being said, I will see you guys tomorrow here on the Logan Blackman Show. Have a good day and peace.